Good afternoon. You are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is the show where we explore art from the past and art from the present to understand how we as humans express ourselves through time. It's still hot, everyone. I'm very excited about this. What a miracle. I hope it lasts. Is it going to last? I don't know. But uh, fingers crossed, wherever you're listening, that you have a window open if you're in your car or in an office somewhere. Uh, Our theme this week is a fun one. We're kind of digressing from people-focused art to our lovable canine friends. So this episode is very perfect for anybody that might be listening out there that prefers dogs uh, (laughs) to people. Uh, And I had the pleasure of talking to very talented artist and dog lover, Samantha Ellis. But before, I thought I'd talk a little bit about why they're heck we love dogs so much in our artwork I'm always saying that art mirrors the lives that we lead as human beings. The things we hate uh, and the things that cause us pain we often express through art and the things we love and that are most important to us as well. So I would say that dogs definitely come under the latter category of things that kind of uh, are things that bring us joy, make us happy. And therefore, it kind of makes sense that they've sort of made uh, their way into the artwork uh, of our kind of culture throughout time. In early history, uh, it stems way, way back, actually, paintings of dogs, paintings with dogs in them, um, or even sculptures too. And they're kind of depicted in art to symbolise loyalty, fidelity, faithfulness, guidance, protection and love. So they're not just there to look pretty. They actually do have a symbolic meaning too. And it really, really kind of makes sense once you realise what the kind of paintings they're in and how we feel about dogs. It all kind of comes together, makes a lot of sense. In ancient Egypt, uh, it was actually theorised that dogs were most likely domesticated during the pre-dynastic era. And so they kind of began their role as helping humans hunt and acted as their companions so even as far back as then and if we know anything about the Egyptians it's that if they loved anything or anything served them well in life they kind of needed it too in death and uh, as we know about the ancient Egyptians they kind of had to create a presentation of it in the form of a model or painting in their tombs so it was ready for the afterlife to take with them and as a result there are many early tomb paintings dating back to around kind of Uh, 3,500 BCE that show uh, men walking dogs on leashes and they're kind of very domesticated in this era. So as we see then, they're kind of our friends, they're helping us, they sort of have a more of a practical use, but very much conveyed in our artwork because of that reason. And in the Bronze Age, there are lots of statues of dogs as well, illustrated on the walls of tombs and caves, which show them again being utilised to help us with hunting. Uh, There are also ceramic dogs as well that have, uh, it's been kind of theorised that they were used as children's toys too. So they've still got that kind of playful edge as well as being very useful. The ancient Greeks and Romans also love dogs for their loyalty and protection and they are kind of portrayed um, in Greek and Roman reliefs and on ceramics as a symbol um, of their of kind of fidelity as well. There's a Greek story in which Odysseus has a dog called Argos, like the catalogue, uh, who was the only creature to recognise him when he returned home from his travels. So once again, um, we see them as kind of really depicted on Greek vases and in stories as, you know, loyal friends of, of us people. Uh, in the Middle Ages, that kind of rolled around and dogs came to kind of symbolise 
faith, love and loyalty. There was more of a kind of religious element to it, um, which is kind of recognisable from what we know about the Middle Ages. But when a dog is kind of present in a painting, it's usually a literal indication of a person's fidelity. Um, and in the case of if maybe there was a depiction of a widow in some artwork, then a dog could be used in that image to represent the woman's undying love and loyalty um, for her husband. Um, and there's a really good example of this, um, well, the use of dogs in a famous painting by Jan van Eyck called The Arnolfini Wedding. I hope I said that okay. Uh, it's the one where you might recognise, it's very famous, it's the woman in the green dress. She looks like she might be pregnant, but she's not actually pregnant. Um, and it's also in Desperate Housewives at the beginning. Uh, that's where I recognise it first. Um, but it's a double portrait in which the Italian merchant Giovanni de Niccolo Arnolfini Al marries his wife um, in front of witnesses. And there's um, a little dog gazing up at the female who's kind of, she's kind of resting her hand neatly on her torso. And that this dog kind of represents um, a few different things, but mainly the fact that she is kind of a loyal and faithful wife. It symbolises her devotion to her husband. Um, it's also uh, been theorised that it's also a kind of symbol of the desire of the couple that they share to have children uh, or even as a wedding gift as well. And this kind of tradition dates back to ancient times where dogs were given as gifts. What a the best gift ever. Uh, I can't think of anything I'd rather have on my wedding day than a dog. Uh, so hunting is also another common theme in Renaissance medieval art. And this is kind of, uh, there's many, many depictions of dogs. Um, but the main kind of aspect behind this is that dogs were sort of reserved, uh, sorry, hunting was reserved as a sport kind of for own, only the higher echelons of society. And it was also practiced widely in court. And as a result, hunting dogs became, became a sort of signal of of high status um, kind of as I said in court and kind of with the higher echelons of society and it sort of signified if somebody was noble in an image and they were with a dog then that would be the kind of their status symbol uh, in medieval tapestries as well for example the bear tapestry which we know kind of well we might know I you know had to remind myself but it, it depicts the uh, lead up to the Battle of Hastings and this has loads and loads of dogs in it um, as well so they're kind of present all round to sort of depict um, you know the idea of hunting this kind of high status thing uh, courtly people um, very much a status symbol during this time and because of the reason that they were you know because they were depicted in images of hunting they were also sort of really culturally elevated as well so dogs were seen as being kind of a really really high animal um, and because of this uh, they were basically presented in um, heraldry or in coats of arms because, as I said, they symboled the kind of uh, the the courage of the upper classes and you know the aristocrats and families, things like that. Um, so the uh, the coat of arms of Henry the Seventh and Eighth of England, who I'm sure you've heard of, from the House of Tudor, the Tudor House actually has a red rose, a dragon and a large white hound as well. So that gives you an idea of just how important dogs were at the time in, in terms of, you know, some kind of symbolising status. During the 18th century is where we kind of really start to see dogs as being depicted as personal friends and companions in paintings. And there's a portrait in the National Gallery of an uncle and niece, um, Anna Marie Jenkins and Thomas Jenkins, painted in 1790. And the purpose of this painting is essentially to kind of showcase the charms of Anna Marie to try and get her a husband. Uh, it's like her Tinder profile of the time was this painting. So she's trying to kind of, there's little clues around the painting that sort of show what she's about. About and symbolise things such as uh, her virtuous nature, her pure nature. She's wearing a white dress, for example, and there are flowers. Um, but 
The reason there's a dog in the painting as well is because this symbolises her faithful and obedient nature, which are kind of characteristics at the time that would have been very appealing in a wife. I won't say any more about that. Uh, <laughs> but there's also a painting by Gainsborough in the National Gallery titled Mr and Mrs William Hallett, uh, The Morning Walk, 1785, which was painted to kind of symbolise um, the loyalty and affection that they had towards each other for their new union. Now, the 19th and 20th century, portraits of dogs really started kicking off in England. Um, they were a lot more idealised in England, actually, than other countries. Other countries kind of pay, p presented them as a bit more scraggy, whereas in England, we wanted everything to look really pristine and lovely. Um, and there's a really charming story, which I love. It's my favourite dog portrait, where uh, there's a painting um, painted in 1838 by Edward, Edwin Landseer, um, and it's a, of a painting called Bob, who was a very proficient swimmer and ended up saving about 23 people from drowning and was made a member of the Royal Humane Society and given a medal. And this dog is kind of like lying as if on like a chaise long or something. Uh, he looks really like pleased with himself and I just think it's great. So they, they kind of painted this as a sort of, uh, to pay homage to the fact that this dog was, you know, saving people's lives. Um, and also wanted to talk about Queen Elizabeth as well because we sort of see the importance of Corgi to her a lot in imagery um, of our queen, our current queen. And uh, there are so many royal paintings that feature her and, and the queen mother with her corgis. And in 2013... She lent a whole batch of paintings to the Kennel Club Art Gallery um, because it was an exhibition basically featuring the Welsh Corgi in art and literature. And these were sort of photographs, paintings and drawings. And there's a whole exhibition um, that basically features the Queen um, with her beloved dogs. And I like to think that kind of regardless of what you think about the monarchy, it must be pretty hard to be the Queen. And I think these Corgis probably offer her a sense of escape and normalcy because um, she just gets love and affection for them. And there's no agenda behind it uh, which I think is kind of why the picture and the paintings um, are so important to her so we kind of see here the presentation of dogs um, evolve from being symbols of bravery and status um, and also love and companionship we think they're our lovable friends but they're actually a wide-ranging cultural importance as well in art Good afternoon. You are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now. It is time for my interview with the wonderful and talented artist Samantha Ellis. We've had her on the show before talking about her vibrant cityscapes, but Sam has in many recent years become increasingly renowned for her incredibly fun portraits of dogs. Here is Sam. Enjoy. The wonderful Samantha Ellis, who Hello. is, <laughs> who is um, an artist represented by De Montfort Fine Art. And we've had Sam on the show before. She was talking about her cityscapes. And this time we are going to be talking about her incredible dog talking paintings, dogs. which are amazing. So for all you pet lovers out there, this is the show <laughs> for you today. So Sam, just to refresh the memory of our listeners... How did you become an artist? How did you get into what you're doing at the moment? Um, so I've always loved art throughout school. Um, I had uh, great teachers that taught me. They really sort of pushed me to try new things mm -hmm. and experiment with colour, experiment with techniques. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I then moved on to do an art foundation course after college and realised it actually probably wasn't for me. Mm. I was going to go to university, but then after the art foundation mm -hmm. course, I uh, decided to sort of 
go it alone and yeah and uh, and then I uh, came across my publishers and was picked up by them and Amazing. the rest is history really incredible and she is so successful now she would never say she's very humble but she is incredibly successful now so it is a pleasure to be talking to you right Thank now you. Um, how did you come to paint dogs in all happen? honesty, it's just because I love dogs. Right. The, um, be- the best place to be when yeah. you're passionate about it. So exactly. That's um, yeah, I have two of them myself. And I just think they're such great little characters. Mm. And I just wanted to paint them. What to dogs be do you have? They're Chinese crested. So they are the hairless <laughs> ones. Um, and they are interesting looking little things but, but I do so love cute. them yeah and they do have a lot of character they so really um do. I do so love them they yeah. have their own personality they do they have their own character for sure yes so and these ones are a bit mad <laughs> it makes sense that you have dogs because you love them and you're passionate like you can tell Definitely. that from your work so that makes perfect sense to me in terms of your technique so Sam paints from small scale to really really big scale mm, yeah um, and they're colorful vibrant close-up almost like portraits sort of aren't they yeah yeah, um, but so much there's so much energy and vibrance in them. What materials are you using to paint? Like, what kind of brushes are you using? So brushes or yeah, yeah. So I use hands? a range of brushes um, from thick ones for the fur to very thin and small ones for the eyes. Um, but what yes, I've got, I've got a really detailed. important um, tool that I use is I call it my piping tool. I don't really know what else to call it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. it's almost like you know um, chefs when they uh, produce a plate of food, yeah. they use that sort of like it almost looks like oh. a ketchup bottle sort of thing yeah it's, yeah it's yes, like I a do. tube um and then you know they put all the pretty bits around the yeah, plate with to it do the vinegar, like the, um, yeah exactly yeah. exactly that so it's that sort of um it's that sort of thing yeah um amazing but uh, that's probably one of the most important uh materials that i use because it, it's what creates those signature um dribbles and scribbles yeah, 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 that is yeah. so important to my work yeah so. yeah and they're so detailed as well like the, as we were talking about because you're conveying um a dog's personality and every dog is so different and individual to get that detail that's mm. that's how you're applying that detail isn't it there's the there's the yeah the painting and then you're kind of the going painting over. underneath and then yeah. i just accentuate bits with the yeah. um yeah, 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 the yeah. piping tool yeah and how did you how did you come to know that that tool was going to be <laughs> it, was, it was actually just through experimentation really yeah and it's the same way as that. um as how i do my cityscapes it's, yeah it's it's just quite an important part of my artwork yeah really. yeah 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 how are you creating the texture of the fur with your brushes? Because that sounds like quite Yeah, funny. that's where the brushes... Skin, is fairly yeah, flat. yeah. It's that's funny. where the brushes really come in handy. So yeah. um, some of the brushes, the actual, the best brushes for really fluffy dogs mm. are my really old brushes and mm. they've sort of fanned mm. out and they're all a bit different mm. lengths and those really work like great to, to create... Um, that the, the, yeah, the yeah, sort yeah, of fluff, yeah. but... Um, with the uh, dogs that have a lot of shorter hair, I use um, sort of thicker and stubbier brushes, sure. I would say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that, that produces, yeah. they don't really produce any fur texture. Yeah. So it's all to do with different brushes, really. Totally. That's really interesting. And, and I know what you're talking about, because sometimes when a brush gets too old and it fans and it dries, you get almost like those those The individual, of it yeah, individual really bra- bristles. And actually, I would normally think oh so it's not okay i'll just throw it away but actually it's over time really it's, it's, they've come in really handy now totally. so how did you develop your personal style with it did it kind of come out of the cityscapes because we mentioned that yeah, it was, kind of your introduction to it was probably throughout um school and just doing a lot of experimentation um mm-hmm. throughout college um and it was it was all just practice experimentation until i came up with something that really felt 
like me and felt like my personality mm. on a canvas mm. if that sort of makes sense so totally yeah it, it it just sort of developed through a lot of experimentation really yeah, um, yeah. And, and looking at different techniques yeah amazing until I um, got to until what it is now, totally <laughs> now. it d- totally does though it does take a lot of um you have to allow yourself to have that have those mistakes made exactly a lot of mistakes just daunting yeah. and yeah. Can, can really crush you in some ways but yeah. in other ways it's what's made you the artist you are i guess so you have got a dog that you're going to paint you're very excited because you love dogs how do you approach the painting do you do drawings how does it work so um i'd say painting dogs is um a bit different to painting my city scenes so with the city Mm -hmm. scenes I can go in with um, a a colour palette in my head and I can just sort of just start and Mm -hmm. um and it sort of all comes together with the um dogs I have to be a bit more controlled with my colours because the colour background really has to work with the colour first so it's all very dependent on what colouring yes, the dog has so each individual dog is yeah sure. it's completely different mm. which means the background colour really has to complement yeah, it yeah that makes a lot so of sense so it is a lot more controlled and I do have to think about colour combinations first so mm-hmm. um, I draw out the outline of the dog mm-hmm. um, and then I think about what colours will work with with that individual dog okay. um, and then sort of yeah start start painting okay you're so brave i love how you're you're literally like i could do a little bit of a thing and then i just go <laughs> for it but you kind of have like your painting i do have so to much yeah energy I, yeah as well. like you, it's, you you mentioned um you know when we chat when we chatted before about how you need to get that idea on the canvas as kind of fast as yeah you can. so the quicker you can kind of realize that image exactly the yeah. better yeah exactly um, you mentioned briefly about your color palettes you really have to work with the fur of the animal that seems like it'd be quite tricky but your work is so vibrant still regardless of what color the dog is um how does colour play a role in your pieces? Hugely. Um, colour is really, really important in my paintings. And whether it's even little things like maybe putting a little bit of blue in the fur or yeah. I try and add a little bit of pink around their mouth. Because you do have abstract colours as well, but it's Exactly, work yeah. So a... as any sort of excuse, I try and add colour. <laughs> because otherwise, it could just be, you know... Flat. You could have a, yeah, it could just be quite flat. Mm-hmm. So um, I do try and add any bits of colour wherever I can, just to make it yeah. a bit more interesting. Yeah, totally. Make it more vibrant and fun. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I noticed so if you've got, um, if Sam's kind of got like maybe a beige kind of coloured dog, there's still those kind of yeah, and hints of yeah, and coral. And, and, but, it, but it works because it looks, it still looks like that colour, but you've got, as you said, you've added some like, texture and tone and interest. Mm. Totally. Mm. Um, okay, so what is your, apart from the fact that you love dogs, which comes across <laughs> in your paintings, what's your favourite thing about painting dogs? I would say probably capturing their unique little personality. Mm, yes. Um, and I really enjoy that. And I, I really love the fact with my commissions that people are trusting me with their totally. with their beloved pet mm. to capture that on a painting. Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's quite a challenge, but I that is one of the, my favourite things about painting yeah, the dogs, yeah, yeah. the challenge of it and then getting to the end and thinking okay yeah I've, I've managed to capture that mm. little personality you get something vibes. that they can treasure yes. forever yeah so that, that sounds like difficult because um, it, it can be quite tricky um but again it's sort of practice and uh yeah how so how do you convey that personality in in a dog like because they do totally have their own characters how does that is that in the eyes is it in the cheeky little smile the tongue like how does that's that... it is well it's all in the eyes <laughs> all the time, yes but whether it's like a little head tilt they do or, um, you know, uh, they've got their tongue hanging out or they've got one ear higher than the other. These are yes. all little things that sort of make their personality what they are. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah. And the owners will recognise those things too as well. Exactly, so, yeah. Um, I was, yeah, so we kind of briefly touched upon this, but people's animals are so personal to them. Is that is that challenging? Because they, yeah, they know their animals be. like their children. Like people know them like their yeah, children. Yeah, it can be. Um, and uh, again, go back to commissions. That's a really enjoyable part of my work, but it can also be a bit daunting to make sure that I get that exactly right. Yes. Um, yeah. And each animal is different and mm-hmm. the owners do know their personality. So it, it is just... It's a huge honour to be asked um, to paint someone's dog. Do you have a favourite dog breed to paint? And if so, what's your fave? (laughs) So I really love painting the uh, bulldog breeds. So like French bulldogs, English bulldogs. They're great because all the wrinkles in their face, they're really good fun to to paint. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, and that kind of contour and the shading. That's it, yeah. And they've got such characterful uh, faces. (laughs) Um, So they're a real joy to paint. But I also love Weimaraners. They are beautiful. Okay. So they're the I don't like know that. Oh, I don't, they are like a, a breed I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they're um they're beautiful. They're like a silvery taupe tone, and their eyes okay. also they're normally like a green or a blue, Ooh, which is quite different. Um, and I love painting those just yeah. because they are they're just such beautiful dogs. And you can really play with those colours. Like, that is it's a completely blue. different type of colour so palette. Your background would be different for the yeah. grey animals. And the do you, do you work with the colour of the eyes? Have you? That's exactly <laughs> it. So with the Viranas, what really works because they've got bluey greeny eyes. Yeah. I'll do a bluey greeny background yeah, and it really picks out. it out and they're beautiful absolutely. dogs I love painting those yeah. really I never really think about like because I've kind of I've had cats growing up um, I absolutely adore dogs though but and you never really think about the colour that you look at humans and you're like what colour are their eyes and it's a big part of mm. that person and connecting um, and dogs I guess it's exactly the same yeah. I just wouldn't have thought I find myself it's so weird I find myself looking at dogs in a completely different way now and I just I study their faces <laughs> whenever I meet a new one I'm not sort of thinking oh that's a cute dog I'm like oh, yeah, your, your eyes brushes. look at the different yeah. shapes would, and would you your ear shape <laughs> yeah it's, it's a bit strange I'd like to paint you <laughs> but I do look at them completely different now totally. since I've been painting them yeah, I imagine. Is it hard to paint, paint say you've got um, a completely black dog, is it mm. hard to get that, um, like, those kind of tones and yeah, textures? Yeah, it can be with black dogs. Black. Yeah, it can be quite difficult with black dogs, and I really have to think about my colours, um, yeah, because okay. I have to you have to put quite a lot of um, greys in there and yeah. browns, even though the dog may have the no... The dog's totally black. Yeah, yeah browns. Yeah. You do have to introduce those colours because otherwise it mm. could, can be really dark yeah, um, and yeah, just yeah, too yeah. dark for the picture. You need those shading as well. Yeah, and that's where it's, it's good having uh, just been able to throw a little bit of um, sort of random colours in there, like, say, greens or something, totally. to, or blues, to try and bring out yeah. some sort of... And then of... you're not diluting how thick black that fur yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't have to. You can do that with other colours. Yeah, exactly. Very clever, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so how do you know when the the painting is finished? Is it really tricky? Well, it's like it's like the city scene. So with the yes. city scenes, um, you can sort of go a bit more mad with the colours and the scribbles. Mm-hmm. With dogs, you have to. I do really have to tone it down a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I have to be a lot more specific where the scribbles go because one little mm-hmm. scribble or, yeah. or or a little paint, you know, a little stroke yeah. of paint can go. It can completely change a dog's face. So it can be quite tricky. I really need to uh, rein it in and go, right, when it's when it's how it was supposed to look and and everything's in proportion, Mm -hmm. that's when I have to step away and so tricky, isn't it? Yeah, and have to sort of say, Okay, it's finished. (laughs) It can can really, really very easily ruin a painting by just adding a few more touches of paint. It really can. Yeah, totally. What what are you thinking about when you're painting your dog paintings? Are you Kind of thinking about other breeds of dog. Are you? Are you thinking? <laughs> it, it, well, in all honesty, um, it's it's 
I have to use a lot of concentration to paint the dogs because yeah. every single bit of that face it's is so, so specific. And yeah, so actually a lot of the time with the dogs, I'm concentrating a lot. And yeah. a lot of the time there isn't any music on because it's it can be yeah. tricky to get every yeah. single bit right yeah. so and yeah. you really do have to concentrate yeah. so um and it's like with people one one false move like one eyelash out of that's place, it one it, like slight cheekbone different like is yeah. totally different it person. totally changes like, it i know and it's the same with the dog so it, it can yeah. be tricky because of that um and that's why i really have to concentrate with the yeah. dogs yeah. Um, but they're still great fun to do yeah um and i can still you know have a lot of fun doing them but but i would say they are more yeah, they take a lot more concentration. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we mentioned kind of your, your work is so vibrant. There's, it's energetic. There's splatters. There's kind of drips. And there's so much colour in it. What what does your studio look like? Oh, it's a blooming I'm nice. hoping the sound's going to show me after Of course this. I will. Of course I will. <laughs> no, there is paint everywhere. Um, it is actually a tidy mess today because I thought, oh, Anna's coming. So I should probably tidy up. <laughs> oh, okay, then I'm definitely going to see it. But it's, it is, um, there's a lot of paint everywhere. But that... That's how I love it. I don't think I would yeah. feel comfortable in a really pristine no. room because mm-hmm. I, you can't I be need free. to just, yeah, I just need to be able to chuck things everywhere. And also, Sam's house is is absolutely, is tidy and clean. Her house is so clean. I imagine you need to confine your... I do. I just go into one room. Yeah, I go into my room and just explode <laughs> yeah. with colour. And Adam can't come in. You're like, no. Adam, uh, Sam, he thinks Sam's it's an absolute mess, like, but it's an organised mess. Totally. It's totally. I know where everything is. Oh my goodness, I know. So, but it's funny because I find that like, it, it, this feels like it's the same with you in that your house is your house and to create that difference between work and pleasure you have to have like your workspace is, has to be your workspace and that's yeah. a totally different vibe like my studio isn't pristine at all there's paint everywhere but my house is very like tight like, yeah <laughs> yeah and it's nice as well at the end of the day and I've been in this really messy room I've got messy clothes on to then shut the door get changed totally. and and step away from that yes because your studio is part of your uh, it's in my of, home yeah. it's in your home okay so that yeah that again you need to create that kind of um that distance between as we said yeah like, professional exactly. and then exactly. your relaxing yeah. life yeah amazing um all right so I feel like people might be interested to know how you decorated your house because I, I mean, I've walked in and now I've seen it, but um, how, how have you decided what to put on the wall? Cause well, I, yeah, I am, I am really, really rubbish with putting a house together. So <laughs> that is my husband's uh, job. He don't is, trust that at all. He's, he's, um, he's a property developer, so it's sort of like his job. Amazing. And um, so I totally trust him to do it because... I can't seem to. I can I can play with colour on a canvas, fine, but I just can't put it into a room setting. Sure. So if it was me well. living on my own, I think everywhere would just be white <laughs> and grey because I just can't do colour in, okay. in houses. I just yeah. can't do it. But uh, that's yeah, that's when my husband comes in and like... We, so he creates the bare bones of it and you kind of... Well, I, I sort of, yeah, I actually don't even do that. I sort of say, Adam, what do I, what can we put in this room? Because I have no <laughs> idea. I fully let him, him get on with it. Because I just, that, my, my art room, you'll see, is um, all greys and whites. Then with just splashes of colour everywhere. Yeah. So you don't need any colour on the wall. You've got no, your pieces, of, they speak <laughs> for themselves. Like, but that's. That is just I can't I just can't experiment with colouring rooms. Yeah, that's so just interesting. Just something I can't do. That's so yeah. interesting. So have you got like I've briefly seen your kitchen and you've got you have you got paintings of your own dogs in or are they? No, I haven't actually. I did a painting of um, them 
a few years ago, but I actually just haven't put it up in the house. Well, they would be very sad to realise that. Yeah, I know. I might, <laughs> I might mention it to them. I don't, I'm not sure they'll know. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, Sam, you have recently had the most beautiful baby girl, Arabella. She is just, oh, my goodness. She's She's trouble, so that's cute. what she is. <laughs> um, how has that impacted? Because, obviously, you're a mum and you're, you, you know, your full-time career is painting. How has that impacted your ability to paint? It, it has been tricky. Um, uh, uh, in the beginning, um, I took a few months off from painting, which was actually really hard work because yeah. I really wanted to just get in the studio. that's your expression. That's exactly. You... And, it's, and it's a nice break for me as well. When you're a brand new mum, it can be really tricky and you yeah. just... You know, you're 24 7 with this new little human being. Um, yes. And to have a little break, yeah I, just, yeah, I just wanted to get in my studio and paint, but obviously yeah. you can't really do that. Yeah. Um, so there were quite a few unfinished paintings. I just mm. was desperate to, to get in there That's and finish. That's so hard. It really, really was. And um, oh. as she's got older, it has got a little bit easier. Um, but there are still times when there are unfinished paintings and I'm, I'm desperate to get in and finish yeah. them or start something. I've got an yeah. idea in my head. And you just really have to park that and think right sure. well today there's nothing I can do about mm -hmm. it I've got the baby and mm -hmm. that's that's it yeah. um yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. it's been um it's been a challenge but it has been enjoyable and mm -hmm. it is it is enjoyable trying to sort of mix the two sure. um yeah 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 and but like, I guess painting now has even become more of your like your haven of like it totally has I, and it's yes, just it so really has precious to you now it really has more. yeah exactly it's yeah. it's it hasn't been it's been made so much more special totally. actually after having a baby the, the freedom that comes with just being able to go in my room yeah. shut the door mm -hmm. and actually just yeah, it's, I love yeah. it. It's like the equivalent of like taking a bath. It's like your self care totally is being able it's totally to it. have your time in there. Yeah. It must be so important. Yeah, it really well, is. I can I can speak for Sam and saying that she has done the most phenomenal job of balancing. Oh, and, thank you and very much. You should be incredibly thank proud. Um, and congratulations. Thank as well. you. <laughs> So where can people contact you and follow you to find out what you're up to? And um, So uh, any commissions or information, um, go to my publisher's website, which is De Montford Fine Art. Mm -hmm. And then people can also um, have a look at what I'm doing via my social media, which is Samantha Ellis Artist. So have a look. Amazing. And her Instagram is lots of fun. Sam, thank you so much for thank talking to you today. It's been such a pleasure. <laughs> That is all we've got time for this afternoon. Enjoy the sunshine this evening, everybody, and see you next week at 3.30 on Resonance 104.4 FM.